What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 176. On this episode, I'm joined by Koopy, where we talk about our Patreon, merch shop, COVID, furniture, books, all the TV shows we've been watching, and The Last of Us 2. Thanks for checking us out. What up? And we are joined by Koopy. Hello. The book lady. <laughs> I like that. You can also <clears throat> refer to me as a bookworm or a book dragon, like I was back in April. But what this month, I'm just a bookworm. Oh, a book dragons because you rented so many books? <laughs> yeah. I see. I was trying to figure out what the hell you even were talking about. Um, <clears throat> real quick, before we get into all your books, that's what everyone wants to hear. Um, our Patreon is patreon.com slash a podcast mo. You can go there, pay a dollar more a month, and get early access to all the podcasts. Um, we'll see how long that lasts. I need a new I need a new bonus they can get, but I don't know of anything, you know? and Because no, no one uses the early access, so I feel like that's on a good selling point. So uh, Maybe, and this is just a thought, we haven't even discussed this. So shooting from the cuff here. You could get an extra t-shirt and do a raffle could do a raffle for all patrons uh i mean i don't think i'd have to see who wins and then buy them a shirt right Um, or they could pick their shirt right so that that is an option so we'll think about it if i do that i'll you know announce that of course uh for starting whatever month um so maybe next month we'll look into it i could probably put aside 20 bucks for someone to get a shirt my shirts are actually more than that my shirts are kind of expensive uh but it's because i've one with those premium ones. You can get the cheap ones. I just don't recommend it unless you're skinny. Not skinny, uh, our co-host, but like... As a person? If you're just a skinny person. Yeah. It'll probably work. But if you're bigger, um, probably want them premium shirts. Um, all right. So anyway, co-hosts... Or I mean, not co-hosts. Co-producers would be my mother, Hurricane Haynes, Marshall, the Dharma Initiative Bear, and Pow Wow. Thanks so, for your support. Keeping it going as long as we can. Um, also, we mentioned a merch shop. I believe I'm gonna try to look up exactly what that is because I never know on here. Uh, it is shop.spreadshirt.com slash a podcast with Mo. And there you can get the A Podcast with Mo logo, or you can get the A Podcast with Mo spinoff logo. Those are those two shirts there. Recently opened a new store of shop.spreadshirt.com slash A to the Mo. And there you can get A to the Mo shirts and A to the Mo makes beat shirts. So I got two of those recently. Pretty excited. Going to be spending way too much money on Mm -hmm. my own merch. So um, if anyone else wants to buy some to make me not feel weird about being the only one that's bought some of my own A the Mo merch, think about it. Yeah, do it. I I, I have a cool one coming in the mail. You do. I got one that's pink, and you're kind of like, what's up with all the pink? But I just, I think it's going to look good on me. I mean, I think I know that you've always liked pink, but you are just so hit and miss with what I think you'll like versus what you actually like that I've just given up trying at this point. Right. It's uh I'm picky in an eclectic way. Yeah. That makes sense. Um but I have definitely many times in my life bought something that I thought in the store was like this is gonna be my shit and it is not my shit. Yeah, that happens a lot 
So. I, do other people have this problem? Let us know because right. that that happens a lot. And then I'll clean out my closet and I'm like, I've worn this twice and neither time did I like it. So I'm going to just get rid of it. And now I don't have any clothes in my closet and I don't want to go shopping because this is just a cyclical thing. Yeah. My, my mom, uh, I really enjoy the fact she wants to help me get clothes and stuff because she knows I'm lazy and never shop. Um, but she'll sometimes buy me something where I'm like, why would you buy me this? And then it just sits in my closet with tags for a couple of years. And then I give it to her in a couple of years. I'm like, hey, you think dad would want this? And then she's like, sure, I'll take it to him. I'm like, so basically I just held on to your shirt for two years. And, That's, uh, that does happen um, for you. Yeah. A lot. It's a whole thing. So anyway, be an only child and don't have kids for a long time. And your mom will still buy you random clothes. That's what I've learned. But right now you can't even try on clothes in a store. So you have to do it all online. And I've that's never. That's a whole stressful thing. I've always hated trying on clothes. So, Well. It never, never always, it doesn't always work out online. And then right. you have to deal with the whole sending it back. It's a thing. Yeah. You've gotten like the exact same item online. Yeah. Like and I'll then, order duplicate. Like I'll order two pairs of pants that are supposed to be exactly the same. And one fits and one doesn't. You're I'm like, like, just what, what is this about? I don't get it. Yeah. So that is the world. Um, real quick before we, cause all we're going to talk about planned on anyway were books and TV shows. Cause what else is there? And, um, <laughs> furniture. But, Oh, yeah, we did get furniture. We talked about that as well. But And the most serious thing to talk about is I did just talk to my mom, and she claims my grandparents in Colorado have the COVID. And so that's pretty – I was like, oh, shit, you know. Not saying it wasn't important before, but whenever it hits someone in your family, you know, you definitely right. think it's, of it more. That, yeah. And uh, I know my grandpa has a heart condition. Um, last time I saw him, he wasn't the skinniest man, you know. So I don't know uh, – my mom said it didn't sound good on the phone. And then my step-grandmother, Rita, who I've always liked, and I think I brought up on this podcast, I credit her for, like, a lot of my personality because I went up there a few summers in a row, and she would uh, – she just talked to me like an adult. Like, she would do this whole, like, oh, yeah, Martin Luther King, though, he's – or Martin Luther, not King. Martin Luther set those Catholics straight. Oh, yeah, you know what he did? And, like, she just was this all, like – she wasn't religious, but she knew all about all of the corrupt part of it. And so she would, like, ran off, and I just loved it. I'd be like, oh, this woman's great. <laughs> so I've always really liked Rita. And uh, so she got leukemia, like, seven, eight years ago, and they gave her five years to live. Um, maybe it was like 10 years ago, she got it, and then she's still alive. But anyway, that can't be good for getting coronavirus. Right. So Yeah. So we're hoping that they recover. Right. And we were really putting the idea into going out there this summer. Right. If the coronavirus year. had not hit, we had money put back to do that trip. And we had, like, that was part of our New Year resolution is we were going to make that happen. So it's sad that all this is. Right. And then. Apparently, they may have gotten it from their the little family reunion they did because they were quarantined from everything except that event. So it's like a good thing we didn't go. But man, bummer. Bummer for sure. Yeah. So. And then. Um, be safe. Wash your hands. Wear your masks. Wear your mask. Today, we went out to get some a rug, some curtains, you know, do a little home interior. You know, we're chipping Joanna Gaines mm-hmm. in it, if you will. And uh, Walmart edition. <laughs> Uh, not many people wearing the mask, you know, our local Walmart, they did have disposable masks at the door for the first time I've noticed, which is cool. Yeah. And then they were supposed to have some trackers and I noticed that the like North entry, they were on the ball about tracking people. The South entry was a high school student who was not tracking. He was on his phone, but he was wearing a mask. Yeah. So all the workers were wearing the funniest shit that we heard now, um, 
it's funny. I talked to my mom about this yesterday because of this whole coronavirus and my grandparents. Maybe it was this morning, whenever she called me. And uh, we heard this one country dude was giving this worker shit, basically, about wearing a mask. Tell me maybe they've been friends, you know, outside of, you know, being a worker at Walmart and customer Walmart relationship. And she immediately was like, well, they're making us wear them. Like, very defensive. Very defensive. Like, she didn't want to wear the mask. And honestly, something I haven't seen anyone really mention but everyone has their nose out of their masks. That happens a lot. Yeah, I noticed like, that. Do you even know how this shit works? You're kind of defeating the purpose. And like, there was a group of people there making cotton candy to pass out to free customers. I don't know if you noticed I that. Did. And so clearly, if they're walking around eating cotton candy, licking their fingers, they're yeah. not going to be like, what's going on here? Right. Why are we passing out cotton candy? That also was, I don't think we've talked about that, but that no. was something that went through my mind every time I saw that. Very odd. So, anyway, what we're getting at is around here, I believe the state of Oklahoma had the largest jump in the last week percentage-wise of cases. And uh, the county we're in, I think we doubled our cases or something like that in the last week. So, kind of concerning. Everyone's kind of given up wearing masks. They look at you kind of like... Uh, why are you wearing a why mask? Why are you wearing a mask? But as me and my mom, what I was saying earlier, me and my mom said this morning, of, we look at them like they're dumb for not wearing a mask. So yes. It's just the continual, everyone judging everyone. Um I don't know. I just. Uh, I, I do think people make an effort to stay further away from me because I am in a mask. Right. Like, I think they are trying to be, res- like, I don't know if it's a repulsed thing or, like. It, fucking. Well, when Trump comes out and says something like, if you wear a mask, it's to oppose me, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, he just wants his supporters to die. Okay. Like. And personally, I don't like being recognized in public. So, I like this whole mask trend. And I wouldn't be opposed for a longer run of it. Yeah. I mean. They do it in Asian countries all the time. I didn't even wear makeup today. Hell yeah. I just put on a mask. There you go. Um, oh, yeah. So, anyway, we got furniture, we got a rug, and we got curtains because we got some new furniture. We finally spent our stimulus check. We have a uh, two love seat. Rec- or, I'm sorry. A love seat with two recliners built in. Correct. And then an additional two separate recliners. Yes. So, I was very excited about the two recliners. That's going to be my shit. Um, I sit in both of them at the same time and, uh, our dog just did something funny and cute. Um, so, all right. So because of us getting furniture, we have furniture now in this room and our dog is, uh, laying on the couch, just loving, hanging out in here, but she's tossing pillows around to get comfy. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, we got some furniture. We're pretty excited about it. It gets delivered tomorrow at the time of the recording. So hopefully it'll be fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, it's like, I would say. Rustic, you would call it country, <laughs> but that's not what I was really wanting. But it was the best they had in the store. Yeah, and it was a good deal, a yeah. really good deal. So, well, the recliners were on sale, and recliners are expensive. So, and there were a couple lazy boys we were looking at, but they just had this like fluffy fabric quality that I was like, it looks hot. It looks like in the summer I'm gonna sit down and be all like, oh, look, I don't know. Yeah, and then there were some that were like football textured, is what you called it, that yeah. were very weird. There was, yeah, from far away we were like, oh, those could work, and we get up close, and it was like not exactly football, like which has like the it's like a soft football. Yeah, but it was like it had hard knots. Mark, knots. Like I don't, it was just weird. It was a weird combination. It was textured. <laughs> it wasn't a smooth, and it was supposed to be leather, but I don't know. What was going on there? It was like a rhino skin imitation or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so we're excited about the furniture. 
we end up getting a cover for our love seat because we're going to try to keep our dog off of it, but we just know her and her spoiled self. So we're going to at least keep the love seat covered. We're going to see how that goes. First, we're going to just try to encourage her to sleep on her new dog bed that we bought. Right. And then if when we're gone, we can't keep her from doing what she does. So, I mean, we could lock her in a room, but. She's never been like that, so I don't think she would appreciate it. She's very independent, our dog. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, that's that's our life at the moment. Um, I have to go back to work soon. By the time this comes out, I will be back to work and um, probably end up getting the coronavirus because, you know, we're going back to work as the biggest next wave is hitting yeah. our current state. We've been shut down the whole time. It's been nothing. And now that it's ramping up, they're like... Let's get it back going. Yeah. So. And I have, I kind of have to return on Tuesday, like just here and there, different things. Right. So, so we'll see how it goes. But this month on your reading, I know for a fact, uh, oh, we'll do your books, then we'll do TV shows. Okay. Um, I know on your reading, you were not as active as normal, no. or at least as not the previous <clears throat> month. No, I did not do well. I have only completed two of four books. So basically this is only a month of two, but you're going to go over the other two. I have about a hundred pages left in one and then I'm halfway through another. And so so I I have two that I have finished. I would say you should leave the one on your Kindle for next month. And then the other one, if you're going to finish soon, you could go over this month. I'm going to introduce my Kindle, but I won't talk about the plot. Gotcha. Okay. All right, well, what was the first book you got, you finished this month? The first book I finished was the shortest book. <laughs> and it was... You really liked it, though, I, I I did really like it. Um, it's Trevor Noah, Born a Crime. And Trevor Noah was on The Daily Show. No, he is the host of The Daily Show. Correct. I was thinking back when John, when he got his very big, like when I first... He got his start taking over for Jon Stewart, but he wasn't even a correspondent. He just... oh. I don't believe. I was thinking he was, but maybe not. Um, I don't believe so. I feel bad because I haven't watched it since Trevor Noah took over. You know, I was very John Stewart loyalist. Um, I just listened to John Stewart on Joe Rogan. It was great. Um, but I do. I've always liked Trevor Noah when I've heard him on interviews or heard his story or all that. So I'm sure he is really good. And even the little clips I've seen from The Daily Show I like, but I've just never actually watched an episode of the new one. I thought we watched a season of it. Maybe when he first tried, we might have watched a couple. And I think I liked it, and you were probably... Wasn't the same. Wasn't the same, so we didn't continue. But Like season four of Boardwalk Empire. (laughs) Bring that up. Well, I really enjoyed Born a Crime. It's his memoir of his early... Of his childhood and teen years in South Africa. Right. Um, So he grew up in apartheid. He was literally not supposed to be born because his mother was black and his father was white. And um, so his existence was a crime. Right. So there's... They had to hide him. They had to hide him, yeah. Like he uh, spent a lot of time indoors as a child. And then um, when the apartheid ended, he obviously got to come out of hiding and go into school and stuff. But um, he traveled... Like they moved around a lot. They weren't just necessarily in one place. So he has a lot of very interesting childhood and teen stories. Um, but a lot of it focuses in on his mother and her just resilience. She 
wanted a son. Like she didn't just get pregnant on accident. Like this was her plan. Um, she approached his father who was, I believe from Sweden, um, and said, I want to, I want a kid and you don't have to be responsible for it, but I, I would like a child. And so she had Trevor, um, but she never had a, she never married his father, Right. but he still had, um, like a distant relationship with him. Like they weren't, he, he was still in his life because the father was curious about him and stuff like that. So you just got to get his early years, but then his mother does end up marrying a mechanic at a car shop and they do have a son. So he has a, a half brother and the mechanic is not nice. He is an alcoholic. He's abusive um, it's terrible living in the house. Trevor doesn't get along with him. And so eventually he moves out. And so, you know, he's trying to be independent. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything, but his mother, it tells you on the back, she is ultimately shot and he has like this terrifying moment with his, you know, the loss of his mother, but you'll just have to, I don't know. She's yeah. not really dead. I guess I gave it away. But if you Googled Trevor, you Noah, would you would know that. I just didn't like really look into it because I didn't want to spoil what would happen. Right. And yeah. I don't know if your I audience you... is really going to read it. but <laughs> Probably not. Um, I remember when you read it, you really liked it. Yeah. It says stories from a South African childhood. And I really did like it. And I encourage you, but it's short. It's yeah. humorous because he's a comedian. Yeah. Um. It's very intelligent. It has a lot of ideas about language and race and what does identity even mean. And so it right. was. Well, I always find it fun um, examples. The only thing I can think of really is Bob Marley's documentary where he was half white in a predominantly black, you know, area of Jamaica. And that made him weird that way. And we in America, I think, typically only see it the other way of like the half black kid and a group of all white people. And you're like, Oh, so like, I think that reversed, uh, sort of, right. Like there's one funny little anecdote in this, uh, memoir where he talks about how he was the only one of his cousins who was never beaten because he, they could see his bruises. <laughs> right. And so they were, scared so they were him. scared to hit him. So he was very naughty and always got away with right. being ornery. Whereas his cousins and relatives, didn't have that luxury. They got put in their place. <laughs> right. That's funny. So that kind of like, so funny stories like that, but then it's also very sad because he's locked in his grandmother's house and right. Can't be seen out in public. And all right. That. So definitely roller coaster of emotions. You'll cry. You'll laugh often within the same page. Hell yeah. So what was the other book you finished this month? Um, this book is called, the Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. I read one of her other books last month, The Secret Life of Bees. Um, so this was the second book of hers that I've read recently. And it's really interesting. I feel like I should just kind of read the back. Um, let's see. It says, in her mesmerizing fourth work of fiction, Sue Monk Kidd takes an audacious approach to history to bring her acclaimed narrative gift to the imagine to imagine the story of a young woman named Anna raised within a wealthy family with ties to the ruler of Galilee. She is rebellious and ambition ambitious, 
with a brilliant mind and daring spirit. She engages in furtive scholarly pursuits and writes narratives about neglected and silenced women. Anna is expected to marry an older widower, a prospect that horrifies her. An encounter with 18-year-old Jesus changes everything. Jesus or Jesus? Jesus. This is the, like, the story of what if Jesus of Nazareth had a wife, and her name is Anna. Gotcha. So it was a really fun, very like girl power book. It's really the book of Anna. It's not really about Jesus, but he's in it. Um, right. Well, his name should be Josiah or whatever, whatever real Jesus' name was. Right. I mean, I don't. <clears throat> Joshua. But it's spelled like Y-E something. I don't know. Well, it's spelled like Jesus, Jesus. Right. So um, anyway, um, I thought it was really good. And of course, it has all of like the nods to the big stories in the Bible. Um, You know, she's almost stoned in one scene. And he's like, let ye who have not sinned cast the first. So like you get a lot of those nods from the Bible, which is fun to see. And I know... Some scholars think the historical Jesus was married. So. Yeah. And I know um, Not all scholars, Sumant Kid is a believer, I would say. Um, I don't think she's necessarily like a traditional believer because she, I don't know. She's just, um, I think she realizes that a lot of hit, the Bible was influenced by politics. And so this is kind of like trying to strip that away. And it really shows how Jesus was you know, radical for his time and, um, his belief, like if, you know, but it it was really good. I, I did cry at the end, um, move, very moving, but yeah, if you like historical biblical fiction, um, feminist, because like I said, it's really more about Anna. Jesus is off doing Jesus's work and she's, um, basically trying to she's kind of held prisoner at one point and she's all in the background she's writing the book of longings about all of these different women and their stories so she it's like almost like her own little chapter to the bible right well, that she, never made it in she wrote it way before the rest of the new testament you know most of those came hundreds of years later but yeah anyway i'm glad you liked it it was fun yeah i did i did I think a lot of my... So not sacrilegious? I mean, some people on the reviews thought it was a monstrosity. How dare you? Right. Um, but I think most people who it was targeted towards were cool with it. Right. Sumant Kid is a, is a big name. and she, It's a cool name. She writes a lot about faith. So I don't think it, anyone was surprised by... This coming from right. her. If it had just come from somebody else, it probably would have gotten a lot more critique. But this, like I said, it's her fourth novel. She's very widely renowned. I think she can get away with it at this point. Right. Oh, cool. So those were the only two I actually finished. So I mean, two... that's a pretty heavy topic. You could see why that one would take me like two weeks to get through. Yeah, looks big. Uh, so anyway, only a two-book month. And then I'm almost finished with Immortal Rain. Um, I have about 100 pages left, and this is the last book in the Falling Kingdom series, so it's book six. So I've been working on this one all year for 2020. Uh, Not this book, but this series. Um, And you always like to critique the covers. These are the ones that remind you of a video game. Yeah, this one's a little 
boring and bland, I guess, compared to some of the others. It's the only one that has two people on it. I see that. All the other ones have been a single. Well, I think it just zoomed in too much. Well, I feel like that's got to be Princess Cleona on the cover and Prince Magnus, but I could be wrong. But anyway, um, in this series, like I've said, I've been talking about it all year. So if you're um, a regular listener, you probably already know a little bit about it. But it follows different perspectives. Um, Jonas, who is a rebel. Lucia, who is a sorceress. Amara, who is um, like a princess, a very ruthless ruler who isn't afraid to kill her own family. Uh, Then we have Magnus and Cleo who are um, at this point married um, and have been, you know, we've been, I've been, they're the ones that I enjoy the most, the ones that you're kind of rooting for throughout the series. Right. Um, But basically they all live in a kingdom that's been at war and they all have different, you know, motivations, um, different reasons for wanting to have power. Um, It's all tied in with fantasy there's like magic crystals that have these immortals trapped inside them who are gods who want to take over and they just need a, a human vessel to put their soul into instead of these crystal orbs. And so that's kind of what we've been working on since Crystal Storm, which was the last book. Um, so this kind of picks up with that crystal idea. And so um, there are four gods, earth, wind, water, and fire. And they all want a a human to take over. And so obviously the humans don't want to lose control of their own self. Right. So you have this immortal reign. Like these people are trying to be immortal and reign. And so that's where the title comes from. And so this is the last book in the series. I have about 100 pages left. Somebody's got to die. Hopefully it's not the characters I like. Maybe they'll all survive. Who knows? But that's what I'm working on. Hell yeah. So that one I'm I'm not going to talk about next month because I'll have it finished. In yeah, a, I'll include on this list. Yeah. Okay, so that's technically three books. And the fourth one I haven't finished. I'm not going to go into detail. But You've it's, been reading it forever. I started it in, I mean, June 1st. So I've been reading it all month. And I was going to open it up and check on my Kindle, give you a status. The book is called The Goldfinch by, I think, Donna Tart is her name on my Kindle. I am on page 442 and I'm only 56% of the way through. So I've read basically a whole book, 442 pages, but it's only 56% of this particular book. Right. So I've read a lot. I've just haven't finished it. Well, Maybe someday you'll get through it. And there's a book or a movie that already exists or is going to exist. Yes, there was a movie, I think, that came out in 2019 around Christmas. Um, I don't think it came to our theater here. I don't think it was, like, super sought out. I don't know. Um, But I haven't seen it. And I think it's available on Amazon Prime. So The Goldfinch, um, I'll talk more about that one next month. Maybe. I'm going to finish it. I, I like know. it. I like it. It's just a slow burn is what I would say. Right. Well, hell yeah. Yeah. So for anybody keeping track, I think that's like 35 books I've read in 2020. Let me just double check in my notes here. Um, you should be able to double it. 
whatever it is. Let's see. Once I've, without the goldfinch, I've read 36 books. So the goldfinch will be 37. And then we'll see how I do in July. Yeah, see, I think you should go for 75. No, my goal is 65. Those are rookie numbers. This has been a hard year. I can't without until if I get to 60 and it seems like I still have time, I might up it to 70, but I don't, I don't think I can get 75 in. This is who knows what's going to, what's going to happen between now and January. It's true. Who knows? I might just give up altogether. Yeah. No, I won't, but I might not make my goal. Well, good luck next month. Finishing Goldfinger. Goldfinch. The Goldfinch, like a bird. I would read the novelization of Goldfinger. I can't think of even who that is. Or I'm sorry, I meant Goldmember. Goldmember, okay. I think Goldfinger is what Goldmember is based on. But I, I could be wrong. I'm not familiar with James Bond. I'm familiar with Austin Powers. Right. <laughs> but I fucked that up. You uh, might be right. I think you're right. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. Um, all right. So we have a bunch of TV shows we need to go over too, and you made a list of that. Yeah, this is why I haven't read very many books. Because we've been just knocking out the TV. Yeah. So the first thing I think that we f- watched was Chernobyl. We we well we watched a lot of these shows simultaneously, but right. the first thing we really tried to tackle was Chernobyl on HBO. Yeah. And so there has Lane from Mad Men. We love Lane. <clears throat> yeah. Anyone that's a Mad Men alumni, because I was put that as my second favorite show. Um, I pretty much, you know, I'll give you a good chance. It's probably my second favorite too. I have to go. I think we're solid on that. Yeah. So. Um, our favorite couple show, like together, putting our rankings together. It's, uh, it's our favorite. Um, so anyway, Chernobyl is about the whole. Uh, I say Chernobyl because that's how I was always taught to say it, but it looks like it's spelled Sharon Chernobyl. Um, so maybe that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. It's like a Ukrainian or one of those USSR country towns, and there was a nuclear reactor that fucking exploded and it released based a, on a true story. Yeah, and it released a bunch of nuclear waste and material and radiation and people still don't live there today and i've I've been familiar with it before but they finally did like a mini series dramatization of it kind of what happened and uh it's a slow burn as well yes i would say the first few episodes are very slow but it's intense but like slow pace right and i would say if anyone's watched band of brothers or the pacific those are both, and those are very World War II, of course, centric, but it's kind of like in that way where each episode is like about a specific phase of the plot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. normally something's wrapped up in that episode. Well, episode one is the explosion. Right. And then, like, episode two is like the direct aftermath. And episode three is like, what's the plan? And episode, like, they're all very much like a phase of the plot. It don't, it doesn't bleed over episode to episode very much. Um, but it was pretty good. Yeah, we liked it. Um, had a good ending. It was good. Right. 
Uh, I mean, it's graphic though. Like we, there were. Oh yeah, like I mean, because people with the radiation poisoning eventually get like jello skin, and they're just like skeletons with jello and muscles deteriorating on their body, and I'll get, it was pretty fucking gross. But yeah, um, they're like, oh shit, and I think it's cool to know because you know nuclear power is great and all, but these people are trying to cut corners basically, and they didn't put the correct tips on the end of something and so it made the temperature rise just a little bit before it went down and somehow that caused it oh they try to explain what the human fuck happened air. just human error right. and, and then cutting costs and also it's a very good look time. at the problem with with communism mm, um because yeah. it's very much of the communism like uh an example in the first episode they're like how did the explosion happen and they're like oh this happened they're like well that's not possible so that can't be your answer and they're like, but that's what happened. It goes, unless you can prove it, that cannot be your answer. Because that's what the Communist Party, the Communist Party only believes in facts. And you can, they always report up to someone higher. They never have like full control to right. do anything. So the bug never really stops. And so everyone's always just trying to look good for their supervisor yeah. and uh, selling, out, selling out people underneath them. It's just an example of how like, yep, here's a, here's a pretty major flaw of their system. Uh, so highly recommend that show. Um, the female lead is also really good. I don't know her name or anything. Right? Yeah, she wasn't familiar as familiar. You but know. there is also another character who's a scientist who knows what's up, and she, her and Lane work together to try yeah. to solve Chernobyl. Yeah, <laughs> or Chernobyl, however you say it. Um, and then what next one? Probably Space Force. Yes. So Space Force, we might have started it on your last episode on here, but may I don't know if it was out yet. Um, really enjoy Space Force. You know, I love Greg Daniels. Um, any, any show he's ever been involved in, I'm pretty much on board and this is him and Steve Carell coming back together for the, you know, an, an office reunion, if you will. A lot of people hate this show. I've noticed online. Really? a lot of people, I think went in expecting the office. It's not that there's more plot. It's a right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just not well, the it's office. Funny. It's what if there was war on the moon? Right. And- well, it's, it's more or less a uh, Greg Daniels and Steve Carell heard the, uh, Trump announcement of he's they're gonna make Space Force and then they laughed, got in a room together and like let's write a whole script about you know an idea of what if we did have Space Force <laughs> and then that's what it is it's like a realistic look I thought it was gonna be like on a spaceship somewhere when I first heard it pitched you know but no it's like the president announces it so then Steve Carell's character is put in charge of it so it's still here on Earth. There and is some outer space. Right. They're, they launched to the moon at one point in time. But then it's like them competing with China and Russia and all these other people in space. And it's, it is really funny, I think. I yeah. really like John like, Malkovich. It's not violent. It's right. more like gag humor, but it's... Yeah, I liked all the casting except the daughter. I hate Steve Carell's daughter in the show. I just like, what's the point of her? And, uh, and then I also feel like Lisa Kudrow is hilarious, but... It's like clickbait a little bit. Right. You felt like they only showed hers for on the preview. So like people that like friends would be like, I'll give this shit a shot. But right. they, she's not really in it that much. She's Very, in it, but not enough to really. Not at least a Kudrow levels. Right. Um, so I think John Malkovich is great. I've heard some people complain about him. I just think I get his voice is annoying, but his voice is that character. Oh, I know? think he's a wonderful. I mean, he is a scientist. And... Right. Like I think he kills it there. Um, really, really enjoy Space Force. Uh, yeah, I like it. I get two thumbs up. Uh, what was our next one? Never Have I Ever, which was kind of one of my funny picks. But I ended up liking it. It was a lot. good. It was a Netflix show. It's a Mindy. What's her last name? Kayleen. And um, 
it's like basically her dramatization of what her teenage years were. It's like if her like. teenage years were in current time, because it's set in current, mm-hmm. it's not set like in the 90s. Or right. right. And um, she's right. boy crazy and she's not at all into her Indian heritage. Right. And it's, and it's exactly how you would assume uh, Mindy Kaling and or Kelly Kapoor from The Office, because eventually Kelly Kapoor becomes Mindy. I mean, that is her. Like she just plays herself. And um, yeah, it's it's really good. I think I like her like friends. You know, she has like her dr- the drama Asian They're all girl. Like a nerdy group of girls. They're not super popular. Right, and I think um, you don't get too many perspectives. I mean, you have lately, I guess, with like pen fifteen, even though it's an adult thing. And but like this idea of some girls are like I'm curious about sex too, you know, or whatever. It's opposed to the whole like normally you get the guy trying to find and the woman that he can lay and then uh, you know mission accomplished this is not this is more honestly like that turned on its head a little bit but it's not raunchy right agreed <clears throat> so like I mean, there's moments i feel i still feel like a an, a mature teenager would watch it and yeah not be like too influenced or anything uh it is narrated by <laughs> oh yeah that's funny john I want to say Malkovich, but it's fucking not. It's the goddamn tennis player. Yeah. Uh, John McEnroe. Her father was a big tennis fan, so he narrates her life. <laughs> right. And so that was that's pretty good. Um, it's a comedy, and it's quick. It's like 30-minute episodes. Right. It's a, it's a good little fun show, I would say. Um, the next show is one that you did not really watch, but I have had interest in it. It's The Alienist. Right. Um, well, you, our, our whole thing is, back in the day, it came on TNT, and I remember watching the first episode. I must have fallen asleep. And I remember thinking, like, this is boring. But it was a show we always thought you would like. That's why I remember we watched it. And then we never watched it again. But then we got HBO Max. It's on there. You're like, ooh, I want to watch that. And I liked it. Right. So I'm glad I watched it. But basically, I, who's the main guy? No idea. I don't know who he is. Um, but Dakota Fanning's in it. She's the main girl. There's, There's, like... Three main characters. There's two men and a, and a woman. Um, but the main guy is an alienist. He studies people with mental uh, problems. It's like a pre-psychologist. Yeah, it's like detective. set in the eight, late 1800s, like 1890s, um, early birth of psychology. And but he's like a detective as well. Yes, he he's always worked with the police. There's been a, a serial killer in London, and he's out to try to solve the crime. Um, Dakota Fanning works at the police station as a secretary, but she, you know, she's the first woman to do that in her position. So, you know, 1890s, that's a great position for her, but she wants more than that. So she jumps in on this um, detective work with him. And then there's also a third character. I can't remember his name either, but he's a sketch artist. So he's always with them drawing the terrible, gruesome scenes um, that are then later analyzed. So you have those three characters working together to solve a murder. But the series never continued. So it's just one season, I guess. Right. Um, but it was good. I liked it. It's definitely my type of thing. Right. Definitely was. Yeah, I don't think it's going to have another one either. Um, i trying to remember what we watch next. I know you have a list, but well, I don't really remember. There's several things on the list. So we've done a lot. Um, little Fires Everywhere. Yeah. So that's a Hulu show based on a book you've read. Yes. Uh, it was okay, I guess, was my take. And that was kind of how I felt about the book. I think it's a good story. It was just kind of slow. Well, to me, I guess, 
the thing I didn't like about it, and I get this is a book, and this is what books do, right? It's not a fucking true story. Um, it could be. Is it's a lot of straw man stuff. It's like, what's the the black characters have a problem with the white person for? Let's set that up and then show them how they're wrong. And then what's the white person's problem with it? Like, I don't know. There's just a lot of like, it's a lot of things Dual are just so, are very convenient, you know, where it's like, oh, okay, of course. Like, and again, I get it's a bug and stuff. I'm just always like, all right. I don't know. That's how I felt watching it of being like, I don't know if this is uh, a, like again, the dots just connect too easily. A little bit. Right. Right. The plot points. Like, cause there's, there's kind of like three different storylines and they all intersect. Right. And I guess in a book, I could see people being like, oh, that was neat, you know, but in the the show form, I think, whereas again, in a book probably would work, every character is unlikable. And so you're like, oh, okay, well, what am I watching? Who do I care about? Like, I think on a TV show, even if everyone's against each other, everyone has to be likable or you would rather that than everyone be unlikable. And so I think like all of them were unlikable. Um, and for the most part, so. Well, first, let's back up a second. It's set in the 90s in Shaker Heights, which was a real community. I can't remember which state it's in. I thought it was California, but I could be wrong. But it was designed to ideally uh, reduce this notion of race. Like, like they were, white people were incentivized to live there. Um, like, white people are being paid to live next to black people. Um, so that black people can live a normal life, more or less, is the that they can, part they talk about. They can about. integrate into suburban communities without fear of, you know, s- safety issues and stuff like that. But it's all very prejudiced. Like, the white people clearly still have a superiority right. over the black people. And the main characters um, are this really rich white family who... Um, Reese Witherspoon rent the- their yeah Reese Witherspoon plays that character, and they rent a house to um, a single mother and daughter. Play by Carrie Washington, and I don't know who plays the daughter. But no, Don just rents it, like forces it upon this woman. Yeah, like kind of twists her arm into taking it to like makes it to a point where so she that's can't the first say no. Step of like at least when you're watching, like okay, now they're forcing this. Everything seems forced on like the story. And know. then she becomes. She's a, they call it the house manager, but really she's, she's like their maid. They're made. Um, and their her daughter Pearl is going to school um, in this really affluent community and she's loving it. Um, right. Her daughter um, basically is jealous and wants to live the rich white kid lifestyle that she And then seen. one of the rich white kids is jealous of Pearl's lifestyle because it's artsy and bohemian and not cookie cutter at all. And so you just have – it's like a bunch of people basically just thinking that the grass is greener on the other side, and it's not. Right. So I think a lot of people would like it, but for some reason when I, I was watching it. it, I was just like, I don't know. I found a lot of this annoying, real preachy. Um, but but then is, there is also this other storyline with an Asian woman who – Which is makes you dislike everyone again. I don't know. She um, is an immigrant, and she's struggling – to survive with a newborn and so she leaves her baby and then again this is in the 90s right uh leaves her baby at a fire station and um the baby is adopted almost adopted like fostered into a um, woman who's going to adopt a woman who wants to adopt her and so you also have this storyline of um you know what's better for the child to be because the the asian the mother i think her name is bb wants the daughter back um, 
And so it's like a custody thing. So it's like this whole, like, should she be with her Asian mom or and race be that important? Because that's a big argument in it as well. Uh, versus not go back with a woman who abandoned her. Right. So they say that she, yeah, doesn't deserve to have her daughter because she left her. Right. Which uh, my first gut instinct, that's where I leaned as well. But, well, I just feel like there's a whole bigger argument about the support system for single women. Right. Um, that it shouldn't have gotten to that point. But, you know, that's a whole political argument. And so that's I think the book is very political in that way, which makes it very relevant for our times. Very true. Very true. Um, all right. What's next on your list? Oh, put my phone away. Um, I have Love Life, which was a funny. Right. HBO. Well, HBO Max show. We watched, you watched two episodes and then we watched the next eight or however many there were left all in a day. Yeah, they were, <laughs> we binged it. Yeah, so I've always really been a fan of Anna Kendrick and she's the star of the show. I just really think her personality and humor plays really well. She's on, very relatable. Exactly. I think she's super relatable. Like, she is attractive, but she's not like so attractive. She looks attractive. like a normal per- like you could see her walking in a mall or something right like i just i've always enjoyed her um and i think they cast on the show thing i know they cast really well and diverse like not even diverse as race i mean yes that but like even the guys she dates all look very different because every episode they kind of show her love life that give the name of the show um and then even her friends and stuff like everyone just they don't all look so hollywood you know or whatever it yeah. looks like a real like real people it was good. It was funny. It was sad. Like there were several episodes back to back where we were like, "This show is not so funny anymore." Right. But they were. It was really good. Yeah, and it was basically her journey, you know, to finding the one or whatever. Yeah, and then also her relationship with her mother and father. She, her parents were divorced, and so there's like a crazy episode where it flashes back to her high school years. Yeah. So. And the girl that plays looks nothing like Anna Kendrick. She probably looks taller than Anna Kendrick is, but. And that was all awkward. Her hair color was what really got me because Anna Kendrick has a very distinct auburn reddish hair color, and the girl playing her did not. Um, but anyway, cute show, HBO. Yes. Um, the next on my list is one that you've been really loving. Yes. So we've been. I think I've brought it up on the podcast before, which is Alone. But I don't think people quite understand how into the show I am. So I've watched. The first season I watched was season six on Netflix because they just have one season there. I think I may rewatch it when I get back to it because I don't. I wasn't really paying attention. We didn't it, really know what to expect. I didn't know what to expect. I, it was my. It's time to go to sleep. Show, so I was falling asleep a lot. Um, and then towards the last few episodes, it got really good, and I was like, "Oh man, this show's really good." And then I learned Hulu had seasons three through six on Hulu, so I went. You know, I don't know where one seasons one and two are. Apparently, it's not as good from what I've heard or it's too easy it's like very mm-hmm. easy beach well, they were stuff. just getting started right and uh season three we went through really liked it i was like man this is really cool i can't remember her name but there was one girl on there who i really was like rooting for and that didn't happen she should have won i don't know how she did she get she just gave up but right. i can't talk about it <laughs> yeah so some of these people you know they get in there and if okay if you're not familiar alone is like everything survivor promise to be you know it's like people really surviving out in the wilderness except at least on season alone. three they're by themselves and you know they dump them off in some place and it's like all right find your camp you know and they they get 10 items so most of them bring like an axe or a saw and they'll 
make them a little shelter with a tarp or something. You know, some people do a really good job with their shelter. Some people do really shitty. Uh, and again, it's all about how many calories you use versus how many you're intaking. So you need to figure out a way to get food. Like it's, I mean, it's really surviving. And they have this button they can press and they can quit at whatever time. So they're not ever like in danger, in danger, but they are. And they're their own cameramen. So that's a whole other thing. They have to carry these multiple cameras with them and set them up and stuff. And so some of the characters have better footage than others. Or not characters, people. Right, because they, they're better at it or yeah. they remember to do it or whatever. But So we really like season three. There are a lot of good characters, a lot of good builders, you know, made crafty stuff. And then so we started season four. And at first I was so against season four's premise, <laughs> which a show called Alone, they were going to have teams where it was two people, except one person started 10 miles away from the other one and had a hike to the other one. To the base camp. And they, they're they in uh, this place in Canada called... Uh, it's an island. Something Island, one of their provinces named after one of those things, Island. A royal, probably. No, no, no. One of their, pro- like, one of their states, quote unquote. You know? Oh, um, Vancouver? Yes, Vancouver Island, I believe. Maybe Vancouver is a city. Is, no, I think it is Va- Vancouver Island. I think you're right. Right, and that's not really a province. I was wrong. But anyway, so they're on this place. It's like extremely wooded. Like you can't, like these hiking 10 miles it's took intense. people 10 days to do it. Um, and then a lot of people, left, you know, only four teams, I think, reunited. And then where we're at, there's only three teams left. Um, but, you know, you see people bitching and complaining at each other. It's very fun. Very good show. I'm going to watch all the seasons that they have available. <laughs> uh, I very much enjoy this TV show alone. I just – I think it's so pure and it's such a good pure reality show. Now, if something comes out that it is fake, you know, like Bear Grill shit came out and it was like technically all the show was fake because, you know, all stuff happened. Or like House Hunters. Right, or House <laughs> Hunters was ruined. I would be so upset um, – by that because at the moment I feel like this is the most real reality show. Yeah. Um, it does seem very authentic. It's my second favorite reality show behind Big Brother, which is something that does not, I guess, exist now this summer. Yeah, that's a whole thing. Um, but alone has been there for me. So just gotta recommend that one. Yeah. Um the next one we haven't quite finished, but we've watched I think most of them. The Watchmen. Yes. I think we're I think we're about halfway through. There's nine episodes and we've watched five. Okay. So they are intense. They are very timely. Yeah, I know so, it's been out for a while. It's been out since, I think, at least a year. It is a limited series. There will not be another season. Um, but it's not based, I mean, it's based in the world of the comic books, but I believe it's its own independent story. I haven't read the comics. I would like to. I really enjoyed the Watchmen movie. I remember liking it over a lot of other superhero movies. You know, I don't really like the Marvel and DC stuff. Because there's more gray areas. Right. And it's like the world's real lives of like in a world of heroes. Like the thing I always hate about Batman, for instance, is like, but Superman exists in that world. Right. And so like, so then you're just a guy with your expensive toys, even though on the other side of the country, there's like a fucking actual superhero. <laughs> like, and that stuff bothers me because they don't ever care about that. Right. Cause the right. story's about that person. And like Joker wasn't a what, supernatural. Right. And so I think, the Watchmen, the world is set up of like, no, no, there's been heroes for years, hundreds of years there's yeah. been superheroes. Like, it's always been here. And uh, Dr. Manhattan's a really cool character, you know, if he can do fucking anything and his dick's it's always the scientist out. Um, from. What? Back to the Future. Oh, and we don't know if he is. You're saying, yeah. So, where we're at, Christopher Lloyd is in the show, and we think. He's Dr. Manhattan in human form, 
but we're not po- it hasn't been we're verified not for sure. yet. we're not sure so there's lots of like weird elements to it that are not like the right. comic book and the only reason we think that because we could be completely wrong is a background character randomly says did you hear dr manhattan can be a human now and then they i was like why would they put that in there if that wasn't referencing something and we can't figure out who christopher lloyd is this whole time um and that was fun when we were like, who is that actor? And I'm like, it's fucking Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, Marty. <laughs> um, so then we have. Oh, and it's very race. Let's say the driven. fact that it's set in Tulsa. Um, it opens up with the 1921 Tulsa massacre. Right. Which we've talked about a little bit on this podcast before of just the extent of like, I thought everyone knew about that. You know, the Black Wall Street getting bombed and stuff. But apparently, I guess I just had a teacher sometime teach it to me. And that's not a thing that happens to me. Like, I think 4% of people learn about it or something. I feel like it was rough, briefly mentioned in my Oklahoma history class in high school. But I really didn't learn about it until college. Right. So if y'all know, that's like back when segregation was more of a thing. Um, Black people were doing really well. 1921. in Tulsa, and they called it Black Wall Street because so much wealth and money was being made there. Doctors' offices, lawyers. And then the American government bombed and destroyed it all. It all started when a black man tripped getting in an elevator with a white woman. And by the time they got off the elevator, she had accused him of assaulting her. And nobody really knows what happened, but the newspaper... And the white community just took the story and amplified it and ran with it. And basically the white community rounded up all of the black members of Greenwood and arrested them and burned their city down. I think um, now it's reported that um, around 300 people probably lost their lives. Nobody really knows for sure. Originally only 36 were reported, but today they say about, more like 300 people. Right. And so that's how the show starts off. Yeah. And then one of the main characters, or the main character is kind of like a descendant from that. Uh-huh. And so that's definitely in the background. There's this whole like KKK thing. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's very relevant to cops now. Cops are wearing masks. All the cops are wearing masks because some cops were killed. And so it's so that they don't, I'm off duty. So now people don't know their identity. So that's why like superheroes are with the cops and it's like a whole fucking thing. Um, but them seeing them wear masks when wearing the whole, you know, COVID time period of wearing masks is quite the coincidence. And it's like, oh man, creepy. But anyway, Watchmen's very good. If you have HBO or HBO Max, I would say check it out. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last thing on our list, and I could be missing something. I don't know. Um, Hollywood. Yeah, we just started a show on Netflix called Hollywood. We thought at first it was just like a fictional old Hollywood telling. We didn't realize it was like based on real people, old Hollywood actors and stuff. So that's been pretty fun. You know, it's basically back when uh, it's in the 1950s. All the, the actors age of Hollywood started out in prostitution because they had to. And you wait yeah. for your chance to I get mean, on. It's kind of like the rise of the Hollywood industry and like, you know, Harvey Weinstein's storyline. Like he's not obviously in it, but right. people like him have been in the Hollywood industry since the beginning. For instance, not to give anything away, but Sheldon from Big Bang Theory, Jim Parsons is in it. And he looks just like the guy he's playing because we looked it up. Yeah. Like he looks just like him. And uh I mean Jim Parsons is gay as well, but I'm guessing that guy was also and he, you know, signs a guy donating he goes, all right, well now I gotta suck your dick. He was a Hollywood agent who was very um he forced his clients into doing sexual favors in order to get right parts. But 
it wasn't like he had to get his dick sucked. He wanted to suck their dicks. And so, like, the guy's like, uh, and he's like, come on, if I'm going to sign you, I'm the biggest agent in the Hollywood. Let me suck your dick. Like, and it's so funny, I think, seeing that compared to Sheldon Cooper from <laughs> Big Bang Theory that you're like, what? That, that it definitely shows his range. That in of itself is worth it is what I'm getting at. Um, so, yeah, he's probably your favorite storyline. You find him most interesting. But, yeah, Rock he's Hudson's quirky. character. Right, and I'm familiar with Rock Hudson because I know he eventually gets AIDS because Ronald Reagan, like, Rock Hudson getting AIDS is why Ronald Reagan said, hey, we got to study AIDS when he was president. Because he was a, supposedly a straight white male who, how could this happen to, to him? To a straight white man, but we see, at least in this Telling he is not at all straight. Yeah. One man. So there, we're learning a lot about some Hollywood icons. I've always liked old Hollywood, but um, I've just always enjoyed it for face value. I've never really like, right. and researched we, it. We also thought this was going to be kind of corny based on the ad, the trailer. We were like, oh, it's going to be so sappy, but it's actually pretty good. And the last few episodes are really focusing in on Hollywood's um, race, race problems uh, with blackface, uh, minstrel shows to tropes like they don't allow black women to play any part that's not a maid or a domestic. So um, we're seeing a lot of that side of. Yeah. And it's starting to shift a little bit. What we're following they're They're trying to be the change. Right. So we'll see they're going to try to flip it. Yeah. So very cool show. Like a lot. Um, I think we're also about five episodes in five or six. Yeah. So we'll, we'll finish that one soonish. And I do think there are other shows we're watching. I just can't think we've listed so many already. So as you can see, I didn't read very many books because we've watched a lot of shows, but they've all been really good. We have. All right. I have to bring up one thing before we go because I haven't read up on the podcast yet, but I got this new video game called last of us two. Yeah. And, um, I'm at the point, it's like a tell of two games to me. I think the story they're telling is very cool. I think the cutscenes are great, amazing graphics. You're like, oh, this is, they, they should just cut out all the gameplay and just let me watch the goddamn movie or whatever. Like, it should just be a TV show. Now, The Last of Us is going to be a TV show on HBO. Um, they're in development now. I think it'll be very good if they pull it off exactly, you know, the same story. But gameplay-wise, it just isn't fun. And I know you've heard me yell multiple times, like, yes. this game is not fun. I don't understand how people think this game's fun. It's all, like, sneaking around. Now, I get I don't like stealth games or, like, third-person shooters, and this is exactly what this is. Um, but I just don't – it's like sneak, sneak, you have three bullets. Oh, God sees you. Use your three bullets. Now run around. And I don't know. There's just something about it where I'm like, I just don't – I just don't find it fun. Now, when I get to a cutscene or I get to a place for, like, the next 30 minutes is – wondering actually like the i like the gameplay as far as like puzzles if you're in a place with no enemies and there's like a rope and you grab a rope and if you throw it over this pole then you can climb down to this thing like there's a lot of cool environmental puzzles but the combat is just so like i just hate the combat system that i find it very frustrating uh it gets into a part of like all right now i gotta escape this building with 30 people and i just know it's gonna be an hour of me being like pissed <laughs> like it's just not gonna be fun so I don't know what the answer is here. I've never enjoyed the Naughty Dog, who's the company that makes the game. I don't really particularly like the gameplay of any of their games, so maybe that should be I should have known or whatever. Um, But I really liked The Last of Us 1, and I didn't find the sneaking and stuff to be that bad. But maybe I was just so like enamored with the story then. Whereas now I play this game, and I think there are plenty of games that are very close to on par 
with this game as far as gameplay. Like, I think all the Tomb Raider games are great, which they don't get any love. But I know when I play those, I'm always like, man, these are so fucking good. Um, there's just a lot of action games I think are probably just as good as this. But the story of this is really cool. You know, I've gotten the halfway mark where now it's like you're playing as a completely different character, which at first I was pissed about. You know, it's one of those like, yeah. why are they doing this shit? Yeah. And then now I find that story to almost be better than the original story. And so I'm like, well, this is pretty cool. But, but why did we even mess with the original even, story? Right. And I know eventually I'm going to go back and be Ellie again. And so I don't know what's all is going to happen. So I just found myself having a lot of mixed reactions. I wish the gameplay was fun. Yeah. And I think the story is cool. Um, but there's only one more PS4 game I'm getting. And then I'm not getting any more or not. Or I'm going to try not to, you know, because I'll get a PS5. And that'll be Ghost of Shishima that comes out in three weeks, I think. It's like a samurai game. Well, you better get on our internet router before then. I know. I got to get an internet. We're going to see if we can upgrade our router because we have one that's about 12 years old or some shit. I don't think it's that old, <laughs> but it's at least five. Yeah. So we'll see what they can do. Um, but hopefully I'll get to like this game more. I'm also still playing NBA 2K20 because I got to be good at something in life. <laughs> and that's... That's your office of video games. Exactly. I'll get on there, get me 50 points, and I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just boost my confidence. I can do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Um, all right. Well, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. I'll try to do better next month. You better. I know. Peace. Beats.